guys welcome back hope you have all had a great week uh this week has been really great for me personally i had two separate batches of good news this week so i have been in a really good mood uh hence why this episode is delayed a little this week because i knew the subject was going to be a little heavy and I just didn't I was just in too much of a good mood to uh, do anything to affect it um so tv watching this week I started re-watching The Sopranos last weekend I used to watch it weekly when back when it was like first on tv um and you know I loved it back then and I watched like the first few I actually don't even know at what point I stopped watching it but I definitely watched the first few seasons and you know it was just a matter of me working constantly and then when I wasn't working I was out partying because I was at that age where I was just young and out all the time having a great time uh but I'm enjoying it so much I'd forgotten how amazing it actually was also had forgotten about my crush on Tony Soprano uh oh my goodness I don't know what it is about him but yeah he just he does it for me um I still find it so hard to believe that James Gandolfini is dead like he's just one of those people that I just look at him and I'm just like I can't believe that you don't exist in the world anymore I also watched a great documentary during the week on YouTube. I just kind of randomly came across it. It was called uh, Living in Hell, Private Violence. I will link it in the description. It focuses on one particular case of domestic violence and the um, shelter and the advocates that are supporting her. It was one of the most emotional upsetting documentaries I've ever seen on domestic violence so I will say it comes with a major trigger warning there is some truly shocking physical violence spoken about and also pictures to match that Uh, but it was so well done and just very important and the advocate um, in a kit is her name she just gave some really really great important advice throughout so definitely try and uh, check that out if you can we had some really good news in new york this week all covid restrictions have been lifted this is amazing news especially considering just how bad it was here last year it's like so hard to imagine now that we were in such dire straits only a year ago obviously i would still advise everyone to be cautious wear your masks when you can you know just to be safe I was walking around the city with my friend on Friday last week and there's just such a summer buzz around the place and I feel like the city's like finally kind of getting back to herself again I'm so here for it so ready for it hot girl summer 2021 is here I got an advanced um, reader copy of a really great book last week and I actually read it in one sitting. I think I read it in about an hour because I just flew through it. Uh, It's called Learning to Leave by Michael Podrick Acton. I'll just read you the um, description from the back cover. It says, so the most comprehensive, easy to read survival guide for codependence packed with practical advice from identifying and understanding toxic narcissistic relationships to learning how to leave and heal. 
Narcissists thrive on isolating their victim, cutting them off from the life they could be living and making them so dependent that they feel unable to survive outside of the toxic relationship. This book challenges the reader to refuse to accept a toxic life any longer, to choose a worthier existence because we all live the lives we accept for ourselves. Michael Porter Acton's 30 plus year experience in psychological therapy and counseling, plus incredible case studies and insights from leading experts, experts are packed into this accessible, hard to put down guide that will empower codependents and those who care for them to understand and identify why and how they need to step away from toxic narcissistic relationships forever and how to heal. Tackling domestic abuse, domestic violence, addiction, coercive control, and more. Learning how to leave explores married narcissistic relationships, romantic family, work, etc. Uh, he is dedicated to finding a lasting solution to the silent pandemic of narcissistic personality disorder abuse that is spreading disaster and death across the world. The power of knowledge, understanding and support offered to codependents through this book can be a life changing step towards freedom. Um, now, I've le- read a lot of books about abuse an awful lot of them narcissistic abuse in particular and even I learned things here in this book that I never knew or thought of before Uh, there's so much information here but it's all explained really really clearly and it's laid out really really well too I think as well as abuse victims it is a great read for anyone who you know, may have someone they love in an abusive relationship and, you know, maybe you can't understand why they don't just leave. Um, So I'll leave a link in the bio to where you can purchase it. It will be released uh, next month on the 21st. Okay, so today's episode is about physical violence. Um, As I said, I've been putting this episode off for a while because honestly, It has taken me this long, a whole five and a half years later, to really come to terms with the fact that I was physically abused. And when I say that, I'm talking like really only in the last few months since I've been working as a spokesperson and doing so much research. Uh, There are a lot of reasons for this, which I will get into. Another thing I've come to realize recently is that despite me thinking I was relatively safe in a physical sense, uh, I've now come to realize that the physical abuse was only the beginning and I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that it was escalating and was going to get a lot worse. This particular episode is really important to me and one that I don't want to mess up and I have so much to say on the topic so it's taken me a lot longer than usual to do my research and you know remember my own stories as well so thank you for bearing with me on this one. Uh, So firstly there are some things to know about physical abuse and the many forms that it takes. Uh, So here are just a couple of quotes that I got from the hotline.org. The hotline.org is a wonderful website. Uh, There's so much informative information on there. If you ever get a chance, do please check it out. So uh, the first one, he made threats, but he never followed through on them until today. My partner used to throw furniture, but I knew they would never hit me. Then one day they did hit me and now they won't stop. She threatened to hurt my dog, but they were just threats until the day she kicked him across the room. Now I know my pet will never be safe with her around. 
So these are all examples of the escalation of physical abuse. And I will say also, never take the threats and the warnings of physical violence lightly. This is all part of escalation. Um, In this article, They Never Hit Me by Harbour House, they describe physical abuse as any physically aggressive behaviour, withholding of physical needs, indirect physically harmful behaviour or threat of physical abuse. Again, it was a great article. I'm going to link it in the bio. So they describe some examples of this abuse um, that they are but are not limited to. Hitting, kicking, biting, slapping, shaking, pushing, pulling, punching, choking, beating, scratching, pinching, pulling hair, stabbing, shooting, drowning, burning, hitting with an object, threatening with an object, or threatening to physically assault. Withholding of physical needs, including interruption of sleep or meals, denying money, food, transportation, or help if sick or injured, locking victim into or out of the house, refusing to give or rationing necessities. Abusing, injuring or threatening to injure others like children, pets or special property. Forcible physical restraint against their will. Being trapped in a room or having the exit blocked, being held down. The abuser hitting or kicking walls, doors or other inanimate objects during an argument. Throwing things in anger, destruction of property or holding the victim hostage. So as you can see, it's a lot more than just a punch or a kick or strangulation that makes up physical violence. Um, I think that this is why it took me so long to come to terms with my own experiences with it, because I also associated physical violence with being, you know, beaten up. So I downplayed my own experiences because I felt like it wasn't physically violent enough to constitute abuse and I believe also that there are people out there who may not have ever considered themselves in an abusive relationship but maybe there was just one incident where your partner put their hands on you maybe pushed you in anger something like that and over the years I've looked back on my past relationships before my abusive one and noticed that there were some incidents that at the time I didn't question but now looking back I see were actually very much not okay. For example one boyfriend that I had was completely obsessed with me in such an unhealthy way. I couldn't even speak to other men unless there were people that he knew or were his friends um he would even get jealous uh, specifically of my relationship with my best friend's partner who I was very close to he was so possessive and I felt like you know I couldn't breathe around him um you know he's we could be in a room together like in a bar or a club or something his eyes were always on me from across the room And, you know, I was so young and like, I just didn't want to be tied down. So thankfully, I had sense and I broke up with him. Uh, He actually contacted me several years ago and we were just chatting and completely unprompted. He told me at the time that we were together that he was just massively insecure and that he can't believe some of his behavior now. Um, So the acknowledgement of that definitely 
meant a lot to me, particularly after going through everything that I did with my abuser. Um, Another ex that I had was, again, someone that I wouldn't have considered abusive, but, you know, he would call me out or put me down in front of our friends a lot um he seemed to kind of love to point out my flaws it was like kind of like he thought that I was too confident and too self-assured and I needed to be taken down a peg or two it wasn't like a constant thing in fact he actually could be extremely kind and generous to me I think that I was I was kind of never fully in the relationship. I think I always cared for him more as a friend than a boyfriend, but my own insecurities kept me with him for um, many years. And I believe it was the fact that I never really was in love with him, that I kind of let things slide that I shouldn't have. Uh, For example, one time early on in the relationship, I had just come from a dental appointment and I was just telling him how old dentist told me that I had lovely teeth and when I told him this he just looked at me like really confused like his face just looked so confused and he said but they're all crooked and I remember being really hurt and I just kind of laughed it off instead of saying something um But, you know, since that day, and that is a long time ago, I've never been fully comfortable showing my teeth since then, like smiling in pictures, things like that, which is crazy to think that one person can do that to you. Um, Another more obvious thing that I can't believe now that I didn't consider inappropriate um, is when we had a minor argument one night when he was a little drunk and he threw a phone really hard at me. Thankfully, it missed and it hit the wall next to me. But when I think of that now, it's pretty shocking. Um, so I think quite a lot of us may have had incidents like this and just never considered them abuse. Um, So back to my abuser and some incidents that happened with us. Um, I've tried to tell them in order as much as I can so that you can clearly see the escalation. And escalation is a topic that I want to get into in more detail in the next episode because it ties in a lot with what I want to talk about um, next week. Um, So as I've mentioned before, the first physical signs in the very beginning were things like um, cracking his knuckles, uh, punching his palms with his fists. Uh, He would like take deep breaths to try to like control his anger toward me. Um, He would throw my stuff around. Uh, He would stand up to his full height while I was sitting down and Uh, he would stand over me basically he would change his body language to look intimidating and scary to me um he would wake me up at night by jumping on my legs and shaking me um and then from there this then turned into threats um he would often say that he would slit his wrists for me or that my behavior was causing him to have suicidal thoughts um he once told me that he would cripple my legs at this point uh it had been going on for a few years and i had actually started recording his behavior every time something happened in the hopes that he would see the error of his ways which of course that never worked and i have him saying that to me on video i 
will cripple your legs and I had completely forgotten about it until a few years ago when I came across the videos and I just have chills now when I think about it um, or when I play the video. Uh, one night he came home drunk but it was actually pretty pleasant. Um, there wasn't always you know bad incidents every time he was drunk and we were actually having a laugh together and then something just changed and it was like it was like he was angry that I was laughing and talking with him like he didn't want me to be in a good mood so our apartment at the time was one of four in a large house um we were on the ground floor right next to the front door so you would open the door to our apartment and then there was this really small entryway the staircase was on the left and then the front door of the building was on the right which opened onto a porch so this one night he just we were both kind of standing by the door um by the door of our apartment we were both in the living room so he opened our apartment door and he threw a lit cigarette into the hallway so I never allowed him to smoke in the house and he just had lit up the cigarette and I was really mad at him trying to get him to put it out so he opened the door and just flung it out into the hallway and I remember it landed somewhere there was this like large plant by the front door and it just landed somewhere in or around it so I ran out to get it before it started to fire obviously um so this was the middle of the night it was in winter, I was in my pyjamas, and he locked the apartment door behind me. So I was in the entryway, which was freezing. I remember now how cold it actually was, and I was barefoot and everything. So I was pounding on the door to get him to let me back in, but he stood behind it just laughing and taunting me. And I was panicking because he had a habit of passing out when he was drunk and I was scared that I was going to be locked out all night. I didn't even have my phone on me. So I don't know how long I was out there, honestly, but eventually he unlocked it. And when I turned the handle and opened the door, he was stood there and he was saying, basically claiming that the door had never been locked in the first place. Perfect example of gaslighting. Uh, he acted like I had completely made up what he had clearly just done. When arguing, he would often taunt me to hit him. Um, and trust me, it was very tempting to hit him. Um, I believe now that he was just dying for me to hit him. He he like wanted me to get physical with him so that he had an excuse to get physical with me and then he could say will she hit me first um I really believe that now um looking back I think that he was just looking for any opportunity he could to get physical um I woke up one morning and was about to leave the house to go to the store and I saw that the front door of the building was damaged the whole door frame completely was ripped off the whole thing the whole way around was ripped off and the door was wide open um it clearly looked like someone had kicked it in um but there was no damage anywhere else none of the apartment doors were damaged just the front door um and I was surprised that I hadn't heard anything the night before because it must have 
you know, it must have happened while I was sleeping. No one was a light sleeper, but my bedroom was um, completely on the other side of the apartment. And I remember coming back from the store and the girls who lived upstairs were at the top of the stairs and I knew that they were talking about us, talking about the door. And I heard them mention my boyfriend. And as soon as I walked in, they saw me, they just stopped talking. And you know when you know someone's been talking about you so I got the distinct impression that they were blaming him for the damage and you know instead of me thinking they were right I automatically went to defensive mode and I thought okay I'm gonna have to go to the landlord and tell him before they get to him and blame us for it and like looking back now it seems so obvious that the likely culprit was my ex but And now this is only last week. I think I mentioned that I came across my old journals when I was cleaning my room and I was looking through them and I saw, actually saw the entry that I made in my journal from the day before this incident happened with the door. And it's distinctly said that my ex had stayed out the night before drinking after work. So even though he hadn't woken me up the night before, um, you know, he wouldn't always uh, come home drunk and, you know, scream and yell and abuse me. Um, so even though he hadn't woken me up the night before, it was clear that it had to have been him and no one else. There was nothing stolen from any apartment, no other damage anywhere else. So why would some stranger just kick the door in for no reason? And, you know, he also had a habit of pretending that he didn't have his keys and he would like, you know, pound on the door screaming to try and get me in or like pound on the windows and he even used to um you know if there was like a little bit of the window open um he would try to like climb in the windows uh just so that he could scare me so you know there was a pattern there and it seems extremely likely and obvious now that it was in fact him that kicked the door in so the first time I ever remember actually being really scared of him was the first night that he ever physically put his hands on me physically hurt me um it was a completely typical night came home really drunk calling my name saying awful things to me the usual and you know at this time I was kind of going through a phase of just like ignoring him when he was like that just kind of pretending he didn't exist and hoping that you know eventually he'll just pass out and then I'll have a quiet night again so I was sitting on the couch I had my earbuds in and I was watching a movie on my laptop and I continued to do so while he was just stood over me screaming at me and I could see that he was getting more and more frustrated that I wasn't paying him any attention so he slammed the top of my laptop down but I just pushed it back up and just continued ignoring him Um, and after doing this several times he got extremely angry and he caught my laptop in both hands he flung it across the room so hard that it slammed against the wall the plug came out of the wall my earbuds were ripped out of my ears and the force of it being pulled out of my hands caused a cut on my hand which was bleeding and I remember sitting there watching it bleed and being completely in shock that he had done that. And I can still 
picture it. I can picture in my head exactly what that cut looks like. And I can still see myself looking down at my hand. It wasn't a particularly huge cut. Um, but it was just the fact that like he had made me bleed. And I just remember repeating over and over, I can't believe you made me bleed. And he said, yes, and I'll do worse than that. He seemed like so proud of himself that he had done that and that finally I was paying attention to him. So I was clearly in shock. I calmly walked over, picked up my laptop, my earbuds. I put them on the couch and I walked to the bathroom to wash off the blood, put on a band-aid and I locked the door behind me and the whole time he was stood behind the door threatening me to come out, just making crazy threats to me. Um, at this point, the shock had started to wear off and I was just crying. And then he started he threatened to do it first and then he started he was you know did that I'm gonna count to 10 thing and he just started violently slamming his head against the door over and over again he was pulling at the handle he was kicking the door and I was genuinely really scared I was literally I remember literally trembling which I don't think I've ever done before or since then like I've heard of the word trembling and people trembling I don't think it ever happened to me until then and it was the most bizarre feeling um thank god I had my phone with me um I had recorded the whole thing also which is why I had it in my hand and I managed to call my best friend who lived really close by and you know in the last month months before that I had kind of started to open up to her about what was happening um and I just remember like I couldn't even get the words out I just I just remember kind of saying her name over and over but like I was clearly just like I couldn't even speak um but you know she understood uh something was wrong and she told me that she was on her way um so I was afraid to open the door but at this point he'd obviously given up and I found him passed out on the couch with the music on and I didn't even take anything with me I just literally left the house phone in hand in my pajamas um and I came back the next morning and he was still passed out on the couch so he had no idea that I had even left the house so looking back on all of these stories now I can clearly see how the physical abuse was escalating and this was without a doubt the worst incident yet I was in danger and I didn't even realize it and in truth I didn't realize that until these last few months so you might think that at this point I would realize that I should get out um, I had even called my friend and gotten out of the house for a night, but it's not quite as easy as that. Everyone thinks when someone is abusive and they find themselves in that position that they will follow, you know, all the steps that you're supposed to follow, like call the hotlines, leave, tell your family, tell your friends, but it's never that straightforward. No one truly knows until they're in the situation themselves. So... This leads me to the story that I told in the very beginning of episode one. Not long after the incident I just told you, I was sitting on the couch, him on the other couch, middle of the day, we're both doing our own thing, not paying too much attention to each other, 
but he was bothering me just by existing, just by breathing. And all of the confusion and upset and helplessness that I'd felt in the last few years, in that instant, just turned to complete and utter rage. I hated him. I wanted him out of my life, gone. And I envisioned ending it right there and then. I would walk into the kitchen, grab the largest knife I owned and stab him in the throat with it. And it played out in my head like it was really happening, step by step. I even saw myself just sitting calmly down and watching TV after it was done, finally happy. Thankfully, I snapped out of it. I know now that I never, and I knew at the time also, I know I never would have done anything about it, but it was just the fact that I had that thought in the first place and the fact that the thought alone made me so calm and happy absolutely terrified me to my bones, still terrifies me now. And I just thought there and then, I have to get out of here. But I had to be practical. I had very little money. I had no savings and I needed to get enough together to find an apartment, um, you know, save enough to live on for at least a few months. I was due a pay rise at work. Um, I also decided that I was going to contribute the absolute bare minimum to the household. I wasn't going to pay for the extortionate cable, internet phone packages anymore. I was going to pay enough of the bills so that it wouldn't get switched off. So pay, pay the smallest amount that I could pay without it getting switched off and then he wouldn't be aware of it. Um, I would find an apartment, I was going to pack my stuff and move while he was at work. Um, this was in August and I told myself I will be gone before Christmas. That was my end goal. Christmas time, I will be out of here. So as it turned out, things would happen a lot sooner than that and my plans went completely out the window. Now, though, I'm very, very thankful that it happened that way because I have no doubt that the abuse was escalating rapidly and I may not have made it to Christmas if I had stayed. So that's it for this week. Um, Next time, I'll talk about what led to me leaving without a plan and just how hard it is to leave and why this is something people still don't understand. Um, so once again, I can be contacted on all social media at IPVME. If you need any help, please contact the hotline.org 800 799 SAFE. That's 800 799 7233. See you next time. <laughs>